and welcome to my podcast, That Show Fucked Me Up. It is I, the beautiful, the talented, the funny, your host, Mariel Vizcarra. Cue the applause. What is up, fucked up fam? Oh my goodness. This episode is when shit gets real and we get a lot of information, so I'm super excited to cover it. But before we do that, let's start with our updates, personal updates. Oh my god, yo. Well, for if some of you know, or I guess y'all know this by now because I talk about it frequently. I am a writer. Yes, I am. Started with poetry, hopped on to playwriting. Uh, I call myself a creative because I guess I have some creativity with, like, within me. Well, I guess if I have this fucking podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I finished. Well, not finished. I recently had a virtual reading for one of my full-length plays called Ashes Down the Drain. And oh my god, I feel so excited about the direction of this play. The feedback I got was really good and just uh, having people that I love and that I trust read my work and and you know give me their their suggestions and stuff like that it's always a great time I'm getting ready to submit that play to a couple of um like playwriting festivals I really 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 want this uh play produced and see it up on a stage so send me good positive vibes I'm manifesting it right now right now on episode six of clickbait i am manifesting that my full-length play ashes down the drain will get produced this year yes 2022 is the year for mariel vizcarra it's the year for accomplishments it's the year for recognition and fuck yeah i'm gonna get recognized i'm a good fucking writer i'm not humble about that i am i know i know the potential i have and what i'm capable of and I really want this to come to life. So there's that. I'm also going to be taking a playwriting class or a workshop. I'm excited to have this kind of opportunity to go back to school, kind of. Not really. It's a class, so it's only one day a week. It's on Sundays. <laughs> it starts, uh, well, probably when I release this episode, it's already started, uh, February 6th, and it runs for seven weeks, so three hours out of my day on Sunday, I'm going to be taking a playwriting workshop. I'm super excited about that. I got a grant for that from, um, you know, my friends over at Tuyo Theater. Thank you to Paletras, uh, my playwriting group, for the opportunity. Thank you to Mabel. You already know Mabel. If you listen to the wrap-up episode for Mayor of Easttown, you know who Mabel is. She's amazing. Go listen to her uh, podcast. Podcast. Hey, playwright. She's doing amazing shit over there as well, too. And give her a follow on social media. But yeah, I'm I'm just excited to learn from other people and interact with other writers. I started being in this playwriting group at the beginning of last year. So at the beginning of 2020, when shit was fucking crazy. And I felt so fucking happy to find people that enjoy and understand why I write you know, and that kind of like have a sense of humor. And honestly, we've become amazing friends. And most of the time it was just through a screen, you know, because we couldn't be together. We're all, some of us are like local to San Diego. Some of us aren't, but just meeting all these amazing people, 
it makes my heart so happy. If it was part of like a show, it would be on the That Shit's Heartwarming se segment. So yeah, shout out to all my besties over at Paletras and Tuyo, Tuyo Theater. But yes, those are all my personal updates right now. I am going to serve myself a glass. I was, <laughs> was going to say, I am going to serve myself a bottle of wine. But that's not it. I'm going to serve myself a glass of wine. And this wine is called Trapiche. Tra Damn, the fucking Mexican accent coming through. Trapiche. Trapiche. And it's an oak cask a red blend from 2017 wow we're fucking bougie yo yo like this year this year this wine has been brewing no that's beer this wine has been waiting five fucking years to be consumed <sighs> The patience, the patience this wine has. Uh, but moving over to podcast updates, if you haven't checked out my guest appearance on Cinema Foos, the podcast, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Are we really friends if you haven't listened to sit the my guest appearance on Cinema Foos? I guess not. I guess not. If you're hearing it right now and... Like, if you're hearing this podcast right now and haven't listened to that episode where we covered Scream and Black Christmas, consider yourself unfriended. Just kidding. I understand life goes on, but it was so much fun. I had so much fun with the foos over at Cinema Foos and just talking movies and, um, you know, them giving me some lessons on, like, horror and stuff like that. Because, actually, I'm pretty... If we're being totally honest i'm pretty new to the genre i used to hate horror movies because i thought it was all just like jump scares and and slasher films but it's way more than that there's like more depth to it so i really enjoyed watching scream i went into it blind i talk about that um, in the podcast black christmas was my first 1970s horror movie and it was ahead of its fucking time it was ahead of its fucking time. Did you know that turtles fuck for three days straight? Mm, I learned that from a 1970s movie. Yes, I did. And so much more. Uh, but yeah, go check out the episode where I was a guest over at Cinema Fools. And go listen to all their other episodes. They're amazing. They're so much fun. They're hilarious. Um, we vibed amazingly. I was honestly like gonna be like, hey, invite me over whenever you want. <laughs> we also talked about them being part of the wrap-up episode for clickbait. I told them um Dan, one of the hosts, had already watched it. Uh Brandon hasn't watched it. Uh so I was like, dude, watch it and I'll invite you you guys over for the wrap-up episode and we'll have a discussion about it it really made me consider not having a co-host and just doing this by myself obviously i can fucking talk i've been fu fucking talking for seven minutes with no breaks so that isn't uh like um that it's not a negative thing but also just like having a conversation and it just not feeling like a job not that it feel not that podcasting feels like a job to me it's like 
I just need to be prepared to talk a lot. And if I had a co-host, it'd be like we could bounce off ideas of each other, get their perspective, which might be different to mine, and have it more as a conversation of like talking about shows we like instead of like me telling you why I fucking love this show and why it fucked me up. Even though it works. It fucking works. Who said it doesn't? Who said? I, I'll beat them up. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> Also, my dad listened to the episode where I talked about him potentially having ADD and how hating Masapans is a hate crime in my book. And he was like, he came up to me. He's like, I heard you talking shit about me. And I was like, oopsie daisy. But for real, who the fuck watches a documentary and plays the guitar at the same time? Only that man. And I love that man for it. I love you, dad. <laughs> if you're listening, if you've gotten this far into the third season, I love you. I I think this is the first season that my parents actually listened to because they watched clickbait and they enjoyed uh, watching the Netflix show. So uh, thank you. Thank you for, for the listens. I appreciate it. Uh, even though they're family and they should be listening. Every, they should be listening to everything I do, but it's okay. I'll forgive you for not listening to the first two, I guess. Um, what else? What else? Okay. Recommendation corner. I finished Don't Look Up. First of all, first of fucking all, and let me take a sip of my wine for this, because first of all, ooh, that, ooh, this shit's strong. Why was that movie so fucking long? Why? Why did we need all of that? I do not understand. Why the fuck was Timothy Chalamet or Chalamet or that really hot guy with the nice jaunt line? What was his purpose? I feel like at the end they were just bringing in like A-lister um, artists or like actors, actresses. Just because. No purpose whatsoever. Just vibes. Literally just vibes. Uh, I guess it's like a... I know it's making fun of the United States, and I know it's making fun of how people reacted to COVID and shit like that. Maybe I'm not that type of person that likes that type of humor. I know it didn't really get that good reviews. I I don't know. I literally don't know how I feel about this movie. I watched it like I watched like I watched it in parts because I couldn't fully commit to it it didn't like entangle me into the plot of it all um everyone died oh spoiler alert everyone fucking dies at the end like the world like everything turns to shit because americans yes americans come for me come for me are so much more invested in their right to do whatever the fuck they want than worry about other people and the, like, well-being of the world. Yeah. But we've been knowing that. We've been knowing that. Public health? Fuck that. I want to go out without a mask. Um, people are dying? Oh, I'm bored at home. Mm, mm, so fucking sad. We've been knowing this. And just to make I don't know. I didn't like it. I didn't like how they poked fun of it. It wasn't funny to me at all. Uh, what was his? What's his name? What's his name? That dude from Superbad. Dude, I can't remember his name. Uh, you know who I'm talking about. You know who I'm talking about. Meryl Streep was a perfect Trump. 
perfect trope. That woman can do no wrong in her acting. Did I like the role she was playing? No, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> was it... I... Okay, I feel like I'm just rambling at this point. I did, I did not enjoy it. I did not enjoy this movie. Um, they got paid a shit ton of money for this movie because, of course, all A-list names, but... No. It's it's a no from me, dog. It's a no from me, dog. Mm -mm -mm. Mm. Uh, podcast recommendations. I recently found this podcast because I think I follow them on Twitter. And I saw that they did a review of Scream as well. And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm going to give it a listen. Get their perspective on it. And I think they've been podcasting for a long time now. I think maybe like nine years. So they're like pros in the fucking business. I really like their perspective. I really like they talk and they express themselves really, really well. I was like, I'll take a note from, from your book. Did I? Okay, I did mention the name, right? It's called Now Playing, like literally Now Playing Podcast. Uh, I also listened to their episode. I just drove up from my hometown to San Diego and I listened to it. Well, I had listened to it before, but I finished it in the drive here. They covered The Haunting of Hill House all in one episode. So all the shit that I did in one season, they covered in like two hours and 30 minutes. Um, it was really, really, really good. If you want to hear their perspective on it, um, and if you want just more Haunting of Hill House in your life, and uh, just want like a quick recap of everything I covered, this is the podcast to listen to. And they're really straight to the point. They speak their mind. They tell you if they don't like something or if they think it's too corny and shit. I like it. They're genuine. They're honest about their opinion. They won't sugarcoat shit. I fucks with it. Moving on. TV shows. I finished Shameless. Uh, it needed to end. It needed to fucking end. It ran on too long. I, I, didn't, I didn't need to know more. I... You know, Lip's story just, I'm sad. I'm sad for Lip because I know he could have amounted to so much more, but so do many people in his position. So do many people of his position have the capacity to move on from, you know, there's what they've always known, but they can because they're held back by that trauma of growing up how they did it's literally the trauma the trauma that turned him into an alcoholic that blah 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 that kind of did this whole uh, unfortunate series of unfortunate events for him so that he's the one I feel for the most um you know Fiona left a long time ago I did I did feel bad for Frank and you know Frank is always that character like he's a piece of shit and again, spoiler alerts, spoiler alerts all over the fucking place. If you don't care about Shameless, get the fuck out of here. Just kidding. Just skip like maybe like two or three minutes. I won't talk about it long. Um, I felt bad for him because at the end, he was so far gone that he couldn't, he, he wasn't himself, you know, um, and he he was he was literally losing his mind and it was driving him crazy because he couldn't remember he had the uh, alcohol induced amnesia. Um, but the youngest son is Liam. So Liam 
having to feel this responsibility of having to take care of his dad oh my god that broke me you already know how i feel about children uh and i feel like i've already have i already talked about this just the fact that he was like he feels responsible to take care of his dad because all his other siblings hate their father so it's like well we don't give a fuck about him we don't give a fuck if he dies or whatever and liam had the least amount of trauma from his father and his mother because he was raised by his siblings so he understands that his dad is a piece of shit but he doesn't he still feels the need to look after him overall the show needed to end it was a it was a magical ending i guess if you watched it and you see frank flying away into the night and into the night into the dark <laughs> again a haunting of hill house reference but yeah watch it i guess shameless the first few seasons are really really good if you want to watch a white trash family uh be the trashiest versions of, of themselves this is a show for you also euphoria just launched its season two holy fucking shit euphoria turned the world upside down when it first came out and it's gonna do the same thing i do have an issue with the sexualization of high school or like teenage um characters and we're watching we're seeing dicks we're watching tits out in screen look i am no prude i am no fucking prude but when it comes to the sexualization and the idolization of drugs and stuff like that I'm not here for it. I like the storyline. I'm a sucker for the storyline. I will continue uh, watching it, but it does idolize things that shouldn't be idolized. Uh, but I'm really looking forward to where the story is going to go. I kind of have my theories, as does everyone else in the fucking world. I am here for the makeup, for the costumes, and for uh, fucking Fesco. <laughs> Uh, Angus Cloud, I love that man. I I would die for that ginger. Um, <laughs> ooh, the wine is getting to me. But I've literally been talking for seventeen minutes. I think I'm getting the hang of this podcasting by myself deal because how does one talk for seventeen minutes without stopping? But you know what? We've gone over the updates, our recommendation corner. Let's start with the episode. <laughs> then episode six of clickbait the brother the episode starts and sarah's brother simon is at his desk going through videos and for some he's saying delete and for others he's saying ignore he's at work and i guess his job is going through video content and deciding what is good and what is bad and he gets a notification that sarah his sister is online and he clicks on the notification and it takes him to a video of sarah in her apartment so this is obviously a flashback to when Sarah was still in this world. So from my perspective, it seems that Sarah is talking on the phone complaining about someone and Simon is somehow getting a live footage of this from like a spy cam type of thing uh, that he planted at his sister's. So that's pretty, we already see that there's this like weird relationship, like why would you have to spy on your sister through a, like a hidden camera, right? Uh, Sarah's talking to Nick, so that's what we find out, and she's going on about how lucky she feels to have met him and that she loves him, and Simon seems, seems concerned about this conversation, and he texts his sister and tells her that he needs to talk to her. Sarah receives the text and basically lies to Simon and says that she's doing a double shift, which we can all clearly see that it is not true, but Simon plays along with it because he asks her when she's done, and we see uh, here Sarah tell Nick that she has to go because of her needy sibling. 
and she texts him back and saying on my way home and we see Simon leave work. Cut to Simon at Sarah's house and he's telling her how he hasn't heard from her lately. He also mentions how her apartment is pretty clean and that she has food in the fridge and that she hasn't stopped smiling uh, since uh, he got there and he asks, who is he? Sarah tells him about Jeremy slash Nick and how she really likes him, like, like really, really likes him. Uh, Simon asks where they met and she insinuates that it went, that it was through a dating app and Simon just tells Sarah to be careful and that you never really know what people's intentions really are when you meet online. Sarah asks if he came over to judge her and that he could have done that through the phone and Simon just tells her that he wants to look after her. Uh, her and Sarah says that she is looking after herself and that she, she has started making stuff again and she shows him a little clay figurehead of him that she created and she's like oh that's for you Sarah tells him that she wants to do something uh for her and Simon asks what and she says to get it oh so Sarah asks uh Simon to do something for her like as a favor and Simon is like what and she tells him to get another job because his current job at Clonus is making him all paranoid so like the video like the monitoring video content um Simon tells her that his job pays the bills and she ignores him and they start dancing a Bob Dylan song so we got another perspective a, a super affectionate brother sibling relationship that is bonded well that we will later find out is bonded by trauma Cut to present day and Simon is at work and his coworker goes up to him and asks him if he has seen the news and he's like, how did they get those messages? Simon tells him that a reporter broke into his apartment and took Sarah's phone and that is how they got the messages that they're like showing in the like the report, um, the news report. And his coworker asks if that's even legal and obviously not, but it's all like they could call the cops about it, right? Like. Uh, like Simon can call the cops about this messages. And then we see Detective Amiri uh, get there and Simon tells his coworker to go back to his desk and Amiri asks someone who we can't see that he needs to speak to one of their employees, Simon Burden. We see someone calling Simon over and he goes towards Amiri and Amiri introduces himself as being part of the Oakland Police Department. Amiri asks about his job as a content moderator, and Simon tells him that he looks at roughly 10,000 images and videos a day. That's fucking insane. Amiri tells Simon that he's part of a task force investigating the murder of Nick Brewer. Amiri asks him if he knew that his sister was involved with Nick, and Simon tells him that he didn't know. Amiri also asks if he was close with his sister, and Simon confesses that he used to be, but not towards the end, due to, like, just life which is a lie because we could clearly see that they were close. Amiri states that his boss told him that he was in a vacation last week, so Simon was in vacation the week that Nick Brewer went missing. And Simon tells him that he wasn't in Oakland if that was he was asking, so he jokes about it, and then mentions that him and his buddy Daryl, his coworker, went to a river for a few hours, uh, went to the river for like a few hours away. And Amiri asks if he has his number, and he hands Amiri his phone so that he can copy Daryl's number in it. Amiri is looking at Simon with suspicion and asks if he caught anything during the fishing trip. And Simon says no, but then he retracts and mentions that yes, he did catch some fish, but nothing of importance. Simon wants to know if he always followed leads from like news reporters, and Amiri basically tells him that he's just doing his job. Then Amiri asks if he was planning to leave Sacramento for the next few days and Simon says that he wasn't planning on it and Amiri just lets him know, uh, just tells him to let him know in case he does. 
Amiri's about to leave, but he stops on his tracks and gives Simon his condolences for his sister's death and mentions how it is an awful thing to lose someone you love that way and that he that he is sorry for his loss and Simon thanks him. Amiri watches Simon as Simon walks back to his cubicle and when he checks his phone, Daryl had texted him about the news and if he had seen it and Simon just texts back not to answer his phone and not to come back to the office today and to just go home. And we see the little figurehead that Sarah had made him uh, in his desk in his office. Flashback to when Sarah was still alive and we're getting shots of her apartment and it, it is a goddamn mess. Nothing like we had seen in the previous scene with Simon when Simon went to visit her. Simon is over again and he asks Sarah if something happened with Jeremy slash Nick, uh, the boy she had been seeing. And Sarah, Sarah also looks like she's going through it, like she looks like like shit to be honest <laughs> she looks like a whole person all together like at first i thought they had like switched actresses or something because that's how bad she looks not to be judgmental um and sarah tells uh, simon that jeremy slash nick is work it's just working things out and her brother wants to know what that means simon asks like if he is he has a girlfriend or if he's he's married and sarah tells him not to lecture her Simon brings up how he passed by her work and how her co-workers mentioned that she hadn't been there all week and he asks if she has taken her meds and Sarah just shakes her head. Simon wants to know if she's in pain and then he takes out his wallet and starts taking out some money but Sarah tells him to stop giving her money to stop trying to control her. Sarah begins to cry and ask, why can't I just be like everyone else? Why can't I just be happy? Why is everything so fucking hard? And she falls to the ground and she's sobbing and Simon gets down in the ground with her and holds her as she yells out that it hurts. It hurts so fucking much. Then we are back in present day as Simon stares at the figurehead that Sarah had made him in his office. Miri's in the parking lot of Simon's work and just going through Simon's social media and he finds a picture of him and his buddy Daryl the day that they went fishing. Amiri gets a call and it's Pia and she asks him if he has seen the story and he confirms that he has. And Pia's like, so not only was my brother a sexual predator, but he was also a psychopath and mentions that she had been trying to reach him and, and ask where he has been. Amiri tells her that he's out of town and, asks, and she asks if he was in Sacramento. And Amiri tells her that he spoke with Sarah Burden's brother and how he is a suspect because he had a motive for wanting Nick dead after what happened to his sister. Amiri tells her that he will be back in Oakland tomorrow and if they can talk then and Pia's like fine whatever and hangs up. We then see Pia looking at a box uh, full of Nick's pictures with Sophie and the family and Pia approaches the dining room table and everyone's already there. Kai, Ethan, Alice and her partner, that's an assumption, uh, and Matt, Alden and Sophie. Kai and Ethan say that they keep getting messages from reporters wanting to ask them questions and that they are, to and they are told to ignore those messages. Then, Pia wants to know who took down all the pictures of Nick. Matt tells her that it was him and Pia's like, what the fuck? And Matt says that he was just trying to help. And Sophie uh, tells Pia that she was the one who had asked Matt to take down those pictures. Pia asks why, and Kai replies, you haven't figured it out, and Ethan calls him out for being rude, and they start bickering at each other, and Pia just wants to know why Alice and her friend slash partner are there, and Sophie responds because they're her friends. Pia again wants to know why the photos were taken down and how he has only been dead a week, and she asks Sophie what is wrong with her. 
Sophie tells everyone to stop and the boys' phones keep ringing and Sophie tells uh, the boys to give her their phones and she yells out, no more phones on the table and walks away. Sophie's in a bedroom and Pia knocks and comes in and asks if she has been sleeping in the guest bedroom and Sophie says, you know what the awful thing is? I know he loved those boys, but I don't know if he ever loved me. Pia tells her not to say that and that it was obvious that her brother adored her. Pia does agree that it does not make sense for Nick to have sent those messages to Sarah Burden. She asked Sophie if she thought that those messages was something Nick could have said or they sounded like him. And Sophie tells Pia that she has two boys that depend on her and how the sooner they can accept the facts that the sooner that they, they can heal. And Pia just tells her that she does not believe it and walks away. Pia grabs one of the pictures that Matt forgot to put in a box and she takes it with her as she leaves. Cut to Simon coaching Daryl, his co-worker, on what to save the cops call. He is like, let's do this again. What were you doing? And Daryl replies, fishing with my buddy Simon. Simon asks where, and he mentions the river's name. And Simon asks what type of fish they were fishing for. And Daryl answers wrong and just says how they can probably just make a run for it. Simon wants to know where they can run to, and Daryl responds that they could go to Mexico and just live off of tacos, of course. <laughs> Simon asks how Daryl would survive in Mexico and how when he still lives with his fucking mother and tries to coach him again, but Daryl threatens Simon and asks, you know I could just turn you in, right? Simon is like, what? And he grabs Daryl by the throat and Simon tells him, what are you going to tell the cops? We covered our tra tracks. They have nothing on us and to just follow the story slash plan. Cut to four months before and Daryl and Simon are just having a smoke break while at work and Simon gets a call from Sarah and she is sobbing and she just she's just apologizing and then she hangs up. Simon leaves work in a hurry and he gets to Sarah's apartment and goes inside and finds Sarah dead by the cries he gives out. We then see a coroner taking out a covered body from Sarah's apartment and Simon and Daryl are just watching as the body is being taken out. Simon is looking through Sarah's phone and he finds a text with Jeremy slash Nick, which basically pushed her over the edge to commit suicide. Cut to Pia driving and she's looking. She is also looking at Simon's social media and then she finds a picture of him and Daryl at their fishing trip and she clicks into Daryl's profile. Pia then gets a call from Sophie and she's telling her how DeLuca wants her to come into the station tomorrow and Pia asks why and she tells her that they have a traffic camera of the man that tried to run off uh, Emma Beasley up the road and how they're trying to see if Sophie can identify him. Sophie asks where she's at and Pia tells her that she went out for a drive and how she just needed to clear her head. Sophie asks if she's alright and explains how she's sorry about the morning and Pia tells her that she does not have to explain herself and how she will talk to her soon. We then see Amiri getting to a motel and Pia's waiting there with him, like holding two six packs of beers. And she mentions how she had to get out of Oakland because if she stayed, she was going to punch someone. Amiri asks, how the fuck did you find me? And Pia explains how there are 43 motels in Sacramento and she just started with the cheapest till she found him. And Amiri responds, so pretty fast then, huh? <laughs> Pia mentions how she brought beer and says that, he, and Amiri responds that he does not drink. And Pia says, I do. And they both go into his room. Inside the room, Pia asks him how things are going with Simon Burden. And Amiri tells her that he has an alibi. Pia tells Amiri that she made an, an observation how on the day that Nick was abducted, 
Simon uploaded the fishing picture, but the rest of his feed is all politics and niche content and rage against the machine and how she had to scroll down a lot before she, uh, she found another selfie. Miri mentions that he noticed that too. Pia then very sexily says, so you don't drink, what else can we do? And honestly, I feel like that's that's a line that I would use. Oh. <laughs> just kidding and they're just they're just staring at each other from across the room and you can notice the sexual tension in the room amiri asks if there's something she would like to do and then she slowly walks up to him. she walks up to him and kisses him amiri pushes her away well not push it like he just like pulls away from the kiss and says that he's sorry but that the department would take him off the case and pia asks how would they find out? And Amiri tells her that he would tell them. Oh my god. How, how is my boy Amiri cock blocking himself right now? But he's all, but we can also tell that he's like a man of integrity and he cares about his work. So balance. As a Libra, I fucks with it. P is like, then I will go. And Amiri asks where she's going to stay. And she tells him that she would just get a room and walks out. And at this point, Amiri's rethinking his whole existence. He's basically questioning, like, did I really say no to pussy? <laughs> For a job? For a job? Let me tell you something. Mm-mm, Never mind, I'm not gonna say that. <laughs> okay, uh, we then see Daryl leaving a building, and then it cuts to Simon packing his bags. Uh, as Simon is packing, he encounters the box with all of Sarah's things, the one under his bed uh, where Ben, uh, the reporter, had found the cell phone. And Simon starts going through the box and all the figurines that Sarah had made, and he opens her notebook and rummages through it. A nice memory of his sister. He smiles as he remembers her and, and them laughing, and then he stumbles upon a page where Sarah had doodled how she loved Jeremy. Flashback. Three months prior, Daryl and Simon are drinking at Daryl's place, and Daryl asks, what are the odds that this Jeremy dude was an architect from San Jose? Simon says that there are zero odds and how he is that that is probably not his name either. Daryl does a reverse image search. Honestly, that's the first thing you should do when you meet someone online. If you haven't watched Catfish, mm, you have to do a reverse search of someone you meet online because, you know, <laughs> I won't go much into detail. And then Daryl and Simon find out that that picture of that man, so Nick, that he's from Oakland and that at the same time, at that same time, Simon is going through Sarah's journal. So while Daryl's typing in the computer and look, doing the reverse search, Simon is like reading through Sarah's journal. And she wrote down how Jeremy slash Nick was married, but that he hated his wife and how he liked women's volleyball. And Sarah also wrote down that Jeremy was going to take her to an Oakland Lynx game. So very specific, Simon gets the idea to look up the Oakland Lynx um, team and he finds like a team roster picture and he sees that Jeremy's real name was Nick Brewer and that he was a physical therapist. Cut to Simon uh, and Daryl standing by a van and Nick is approaching them in his bike in the morning on his way to work and Simon and Daryl call him over to get his attention. 
Then we're also seeing shots as Simon is looking at Nick's social media and finds a picture of Nick and Pia and Daryl comments how pretty she is. Back to Nick approaching them and they tell him that they're having engine trouble and if he minds if they use his cell phone to call uh, AAA. Nick tells them how they're out of luck because he forgot to charge his phone so it doesn't have battery and, it, and he apologizes to them. We're back to Simon and Daryl looking through, looking uh, Nick up on their computer, and Daryl tells Simon, "Welcome to the sixth stage of grief, my friend. Revenge." And Simon says, "It can't be quick. He has to suffer." And as we see the scene of Simon injecting Nick with something to subdue him. Present day, and Simon leaves his apartment. And he's carrying a small suitcase, and he notices a police car parked outside his place. And then we see Amiri and another policeman approach uh, Simon, and Amiri's asking him if he's going somewhere because he's carrying a suitcase. And Simon just tells him that he's going to drop off um, some things at Goodwill. Amiri introduces the policeman he's with, and Amiri asks if Simon can go to the station to answer some follow-up questions. And Simon is like, uh, I'm really late late for work, and that he could stop by later. And the policeman tells him that they will let his job know that he's assisting them with an ongoing investigation, so it shouldn't be an issue. Amiri tells Simon that he can ride with them, but Simon asks if it's okay if he takes his own car, just so he can get to work afterwards. Simon put his suitcase in his trunk and then gets inside his car and he's about to and he starts to follow the police car but all of a sudden he puts his car in reverse and runs out the back gate. Amiri and the policeman uh, chase after him. Cut to Pia getting to Clonis where Simon and Daryl work and she's calling Amiri and she's leaving him a voicemail about how she's going to try to talk to Simon Bird and herself. And as she's hanging up she sees Daryl coming out of the building in a hurry. Um, and he's also, uh, talking on the phone with someone, so I can confidently say that he was trying to, like, leaving a voicemail to Simon to call, and he's telling him to call him back. And remember, Pia, uh, can, like, recognize him from that picture that she found of Simon and Daryl when they went fishing. Pia starts approaching Daryl in his car, and Daryl looks up and notices her, and then at that precise fucking moment, a van blocks, like, her vision so it's like a big van like parks right in front of like Pia and him um so once the the van moves away uh, Daryl's no longer in his car we're back to Amiri chasing after Simon and he points his gun at him but a passerby gets on the way so he puts his gun away Pia's walking back to her car and then Daryl reappears and he runs towards her and says you're the sister and he grabs her and tells her that they're going to go meet a friend of his Oh, and Daryl is packing a gun, which he shows to Pia. One of Daryl's female co-workers from Clonus sees the interaction and asks Daryl what he's doing, and that distracts him long enough for Pia to use her car keys to scratch him across the face, and this makes Daryl get hit by a car in the parking lot, and Pia calls out to Daryl's female co-worker that he has a gun and to call the police, and Daryl screams out, I'll fucking kill you. The chase of Simon continues, and they're running through a heavily uh, trafficked area, and then Simon gets cornered. Amiri and the Sacramento policeman are pointing their guts at him, and they're giving Simon an order to put his hands on his head, but Simon just starts walking towards Amiri. Amiri tells him to stay put and not to move, and to put his hands on his head. Now. Amiri looks like, like, honestly, Amiri looks like he's on the verge of tears. As Simon puts his uh, hand on his head, he's getting flashbacks of the happy times he had with his sister. 
Then we get a flashback to Nick waking up inside the van after getting kidnapped. He is groggy and does not understand what is happening. Nick is asking them who they are and how this is a mistake and that, that they got the wrong guy. And Gerald says, tell that to Maggie Oxley, Jeremy. Uh, so Sarah's alias. Nick uh, asks who Maggie is and Daryl responds, it's his sister asshole, my fucking friend, and points the gun at Nick. Nick is still super confused and just says how he does not know his sister. And Simon gives him a marker and the board and tells Nick to write. Nick wants to know what he has to write and then ask if something happened to Simon's sister. And this comment uh, triggers Simon because he takes Daryl's gun and hits Nick on the head with it. Next, we see an iPhone recording Nick holding the signs, and Simon tells Nick to, to show both signs. And Simon's setting up the video on his computer, and then after a few minutes, he says, You're alive. It's officially over. And Nick asks, Satisfied? Daryl grabs another poster and says, Let's make this go viral. And he writes, I killed a woman. And Nick says that he doesn't want to hold that one and asks Simon if that is what this is all about, if his sister died. Daryl points the gun at Nick's head and tells him that this one won't just be a hit on the head, but a bullet. Nick tells him not to do it, and Simon orders him to hold up the sign, or they won't wait for the five million to kill him. And Nick just screams out that he does not know Simon's sister and to believe him, and how he did not touch her or kill her. Daryl screams out, yeah, you just helped her kill herself. And Nick is concerned by this statement, and Simon goes up to him and punches him three times in the face. We're in the same place, but moments later, and Simon is going on about how they're in that they're on three million plus views, and how they will get to, no. So they're still there with Nick, and Daryl is telling Simon how they're at three million plus views, and how they're about to get to five million views in only a little bit, so that it shouldn't take long. Nick speaks up and asks, "What evidence do you have? What makes you think that I had something to do with her death? Will you show me some proof?" Daryl calls it a last request, and Simon obliges and shows him the dating profile. Nick explains how that is not his profile and how he has never had a dating profile since he's married with children. And Simon says that they know that he's married with kids. And Simon says, pity your wife was fucking somebody else. And Nick is shook by this statement. And Simon continues to tell Nick that his sister had a journal where she wrote down everything that Nick told her. Simon even shows Nick a picture of him and Sarah, and Nick says that the picture is not real. And Simon screams out, fuck you, fuck you. Nick notices something on the computer, and I guess it had, uh, it had Simon's name because Nick starts calling him by his name. And Simon gets upset by this, and Nick continues to vouch that that was not his profile and that someone had else had created it. Daryl just says, you're going to die today, pervert, and Sarah's finally going to rest in peace. You get that, don't you? Oh, and have I mentioned that I hate Daryl? No? Well, let me tell you, I detest this motherfucker. I have a soft spot for Simon, but Daryl is honestly just on, like, just part of this because he's legitimately a bad fucking person. Scum of the fucking earth. I hate Daryl. Um, and cut to Simon inside the cop car, and he's driving in silence as Amiri and the other cop take him to the station. Then we see him in the interrogation room, and Amiri comes down and sits down in front of him, so present day again. Amiri asks him about him and Nick Brewer, and Simon just stays quiet, and Amiri tells him that he can either start talking or they could just sit there all night. Then a policewoman knocks, uh, 
knocks on the door of the interrogation room and tells Amiri she's here. And Amiri tells Simon that he will be right back. We get a flashback of Nick and Simon Simon being inside the van alone because piece of shit Daryl was taking a piss outside or something. And Nick takes the opportunity to speak to Simon. Nick says, so your sister killed herself, Simon. So did my father. Simon tells him that him trying to appeal to him is not going to work. And Nick continues and lets him know that his father killed himself when him and his sister were kids. And that they were the ones to find the, the body and how it fucked them up real bad. I know how you feel, Nick continues. I've been carrying that same shit my whole life. And uh, Nick tells Simon how he probably feels guilty about what happened to Sarah, but that it was not his fault. And Simon just tells Nick that he thinks he's at fault for what happened to Sarah. But Nick pleads with Simon and asks him not to do it to his sister. That him and Pia are best friends and that he is all she has. And he also mentions how the photo that Simon showed him of him and Sarah must have been photoshopped because he knows that photo and it's a picture of him and Sophie, so like the original photo. Nick tells him to look at the picture for any inconsistencies and Simon does pull up the picture in his laptop and Nick points out that the horizon doesn't even line up and he reiterates that he is not a killer. And then Daryl comes back in and informs Simon that they're at 4 million views and how they're at the home stretch. And he is feeling kind of excited. And then he takes out a crack pipe and starts smoking it. Simon just looks at Nick as if trying to figure him out. And Simon gets out of the van uh, to speak to Daryl and closes the door behind him. And Nick notices that Simon left the box cutter behind. Back to present day, Pia's in Amiri's office and he walks in and mentions how he told her to go home, but Pia wants to know if Simon has confessed already. Amiri tells her that he waived his right to a lawyer, but that he isn't talking and how he will be transferred over to county jail tonight. Amiri asks Pia if she's okay and Pia responds, better than the other guy, talking about Daryl. Amiri lets her know that he will drive her home and if she's good to wait in the office while he finishes up. Back in the interrogation room, Amiri is saying how his buddy, so Simon's buddy Daryl, has a lot to say, especially since the third side was in his handwriting. Amiri also mentions how Daryl is saying that Simon killed Nick Brewer. And I'll say this once, and only once, do not, do not trust your crack, like, crackhead buddy to be a ride or die. Rookie mistake, Simon. Like, literally, Daryl. You got Daryl to help you kidnap someone? Oh my god, Simon. <laughs> also, never waive your right to an attorney. We've already talked about this. Even if you're guilty, it's your fucking right. No, get some fucking representation, man. Uh, then Amiri continues and he says that it was your idea and how... Oh, so that Daryl is saying to the police that it was uh, Simon's idea and how he did it. So he killed Nick. And Amiri just tells him that if he wants to talk, now is the time. And Simon tells Amiri, I want to talk to the sister. I want to talk to Pia. You let me do that, and I'll tell you everything. We then see Pia calling Sophie from Amiri's office, and she's giving her the rundown of how they caught the guy and his accomplice. And Pia just stays quiet for a while. For a while. Um, no, so Sophie just stays quiet for a while, and she just says, yeah, I heard. Pia then tells her, I think we got him, and Sophie asks, what would you have done if that was your sister? Pia does not understand Sophie's question, and Sophie just says that she's glad that it's over, and then Amiri walks in 
and I might I add, looking fine as hell, and tells her, um, and Pia tells Sophie that she has to go because Samiri's there. Pia hangs up, and we see that Sophie was looking at an article on her computer with the title, A stunning twist in the Nick Brewer story emerged last night with allegations he urged a vulnerable young woman to take her own life. Did you like me reading that in my reporter? <laughs> and I guess this, like, pushed Sophie over the edge because she has a breakdown and she shuts down the computer and she starts hitting it against the nightstand before she throws it on the floor. And Kai and Ethan witness this whole breakdown and Kai just goes up to his mom and holds her while she cries as Ethan lingers by the door. Amiri explains to Pia that Simon wants to talk to him before he gives a... Uh, his first statement and how it is Pia's decision if she wants to do it and Pia just follows Amiri into the interrogation room and Amiri tells her that it's going to be okay. Pia walks into the room slowly just staring at Simon and she stays looking at him before she sits down in front of him. They don't say anything for a few seconds uh, and Pia starts. You probably think you did something noble, avenging your sister. You probably think uh, I was a hero. The thing is that your sister is still dead, and you will never talk to her again. You'll never hug her. You'll never laugh with her. All the memories that only you and she had, those are yours alone. She is gone. So, what did you do? What did you accomplish? Simon looks up at her. We then get a flashback to when they got 5 million views, and Daryl tells him how they're going to be famous, and that it's showtime. Daryl opens the door to the van and Nick is right there and he kicks him in the face and he's carrying the box cutter. Daryl's in the ground and he's yelling at Simon to shoot Nick because he has seen their faces and Nick just stares at Simon and notices that he will not do anything and Nick begins to run away. Daryl's like, what the fuck, Simon, get him, and Simon begins to chase after Nick. As Nick is running, he like trips and falls down, and he says to Simon, You let me go, why are you chasing me? As Simon points a gun at him. Nick tells him, Whoever did this had access to my photos, they knew my life, my marriage. I only told one person about my wife's affair. Please let me go. I will track down whoever did this to your sister, and I will fucking make them pay. I will drag them to the police. I promise. Simon is still pointing his gun at him and Daryl screaming uh, from a distance as Nick continues to plead. Back in present day, we get a close-up of Simon as he tells Pia that he made a mistake and how he got the wrong guy. He tells Pia that he is so, so sorry and Simon begins to sob and Pia gets up from the table in disbelief. Amiri approaches Simon and asks who killed who killed Nick and Simon says that he does not know and Amiri tells him that yes he does and that those signs were his confession. Simon tells them that he let him go and the last time he saw him he was running away. Amiri opens the door so that Pia can walk out the room and Pia approaches Simon and she looks like she's about to say something but she changes her mind and walks out. Outside the interrogation room, Amiri is telling Pia not to jump to any conclusions and that Simon is not interested in the truth and how he's only interested in saving his own ass. And Pia asks, what if he isn't lying? What if you really let Nick go? What if somebody else killed Nick? And Pia walks away. We see Simon trying to hold back a sob in the interrogation room but failing, and he begins to cry as he holds his head. 
We hear that song that Sarah liked to sing as we see as we see him go into his cell. Then we see those clips of Sarah and Simon dancing and having a good time and being happy before we see Simon just laying in the bed inside his jail cell. Cut to a flashback of Nick running away after Simon let him go. Then we see Ethan in bed and he gets a text from AL underscore 2005 asking if there's any news. Ethan lets AL underscore 2005 know that it looks like they caught the guy that killed his father and he also texts, thank you for being there for me. And AL underscore 2005 texts back to Ethan that they can count on them and how they're good at keeping secrets. End of episode. All right, you already know the fucking drill. Let's get started with our segments. Starting with that shit's traumatizing. Um, this is actually so fucking traumatizing. The therapy you will need after this happened. And my, my fucking respect to the people that go through this with just living life afterwards how do you do it how do you fucking do it how do you deal with a family member who you love and who you care for committing suicide holy fucking shit you don't you as we can see fucking simon didn't did not cope with it and i mean how how could he how could you deal with losing not only just your sister dying but the way that she died if yeah that therapy can't even therapy can't cure that no no can you learn to live with it of course do you cope with it uh, yes uh but you you will never get over that oh my god that's so heartbreaking <sighs> but yes um from and then also one of my worst fucking nightmare so obviously it made the that shit's traumatizing list uh getting abducted and abducted kidnapped or can you get kidnapped when you're an adult i don't know well yeah just getting taken like the movie yeah <laughs> getting fucking taken and then held captive oh my god i feel that as a woman we this is one of our worst fucking nightmares not only because if we get abducted we know us women know what's gonna happen to us if we ever get abducted why does a man abduct a woman i'm gonna leave some silence so you can answer from uh, wherever you're listening exactly that is why a man abducts a woman or why people abduct women because what can a woman offer exactly i don't want to say it because oh fuck no dude like that's literally one of my worst nightmares and the worst nightmares i'm like i told you i worry a lot about people like if oh my god just thinking about it makes me fucking sick but as a man getting kidnapped there is a reason for that and the most you know most of the times i guess it can be considered revenge so, yes, that was fucking traumatizing. And fucking Nick, like, he's just like, mm, da, 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 do, 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 writing 
his bike to work because uh health freak <laughs> hashtag health freak um and he's like you know what these people seem like they need some help but he got a vibe though he got a fucking bad vibe because he's like uh my phone doesn't have battery i think that was a lie honestly i would lie about that too i'd be like mm, no i can't help you because i don't have a phone <laughs> i would make up a fucking excuse like um i can't help you because my dog ate my phone <laughs> honestly the fucking excuses women are making every single fucking day not to talk to a man or not to like be approached by a man or when a man asks for our phone numbers and we're like i don't want to give it to you so i'm gonna make the excuse that i have a boyfriend when i don't uh i'm available single and ready to mingle for those that were wondering i, <laughs> I don't know why the conversation went this route but it did and we're here and we're gonna embrace it um but he realized that they had bad intentions not quick enough my dude not fucking quick enough not victim blaming of course but yeah um that's fucking traumatizing also something fucking another thing that's a, a lot of things are traumatizing in this episode as you can see i've got a very fucking big list but simon realizing when he finally comes to the realization that he got the wrong fucking person holy fucking shit because he already feels bad like i told you i have a soft spot for my boy simon um is he a bad person i don't think so i really don't think so i feel that every person in the situation that he was in would want to murder the person that made their loved one commit suicide yes or yes there's only two options and both of them are correct um so I don't think he's a bad person. I think his delivery of it was uh, not the greatest. Not the fucking greatest. Um, but at the end of the day, revenge is a plate served cold. Or what is it called? I don't think that's the saying. I think I just switched to that saying. I do that. I do that sometimes. I switch lyrics. I switch sayings. I switch names. I switch... I don't know what else. But revenge is a... Is no, I don't remember what the fucking saying is, yo. Forgive me. Forgive me. You already know. You already know how I am. Um, but yeah, like Simon realizing that, bro, have I been torturing and traumatizing this person for the rest of their life and it wasn't even them? Like noticing that the picture that the fucking uh, horizon didn't even line up and that shit was fucking photoshopped. And it's crazy because he told Sarah, he was like, when, when Sarah first let him know, or when he found out that Sarah was talking to someone and he found out that they had met online, he's like, be careful with who you meet online because you never really know who you're talking to. And he just took it at face value that Sarah was talking to the person in those pictures. So he didn't take his own fucking advice and just like, oh, I bet that fucking realization hit him like a fucking train holy shit because okay even if nick had survived the therapy my dude would have needed to get over that i mean i yeah he, yeah he doesn't seem like the type of person that goes to therapy he like nick oh my god i hit my mic i'm sorry uh hopefully you didn't hear that nick seems like the type of person who's like you know what 
I'm going to go do some yoga. I'm going to do some exercise. And then I won't feel bad afterwards. And then they'll still feel bad afterwards because they never really truly dealt with their trauma. And yes, that's how... um, that's my analysis of Nick fucking Brewer. I don't know why I made that voice. But yes. Uh let's see what else. Uh Sophie having a breakdown, dude. It's like I, I think I've already mentioned it, and I think I mentioned it in Sophie's episode. Just like Sophie, who portrays herself as a strong fucking woman that can do everything that, you know, regardless of the situation, is still gonna keep her composure. Just seeing that article fucking broke her and just like destroying the laptop and having her sons witness her at her fucking lowest you know my girl sophie is fucking going through it but i do think that um it her destroying that laptop was pretty fucking therapeutical therapeutical that's how you pronounce it of course of course an emo came through right as i'm recording so rude and so fucking nasty uh there are those places where you pay to go and just like fucking destroy stuff and they're like demolition like no it's not demolition demolition is when you destroy a building um but like you actually pay and then they give you like a bunch of like another fucking emo uh sorry about that um they give you like things to destroy like tvs or like doll dolls (laughs) not dolls (laughs) walls and i don't know what else they destroy i've never been to one of them maybe i should as you can see, I'm not very good. Well, you probably can't see because you're hearing this or you don't know me. Uh, but I know that I'm great at talking because I have a podcast, but I'm actually not really great with expressing my feelings and my emotions. And I think uh, that's a barrier. So maybe, maybe if I went to one of these places and fuck shit up for a little bit, I'd be, I'd leave it feeling refreshed. Who needs therapy when you could just go beat the fuck out of something exactly (laughs) just kidding just kidding everyone needs therapy go to therapy please and if you are going to therapy and you still have issues um i think you should ask yourself never mind don't listen to my advice i don't even know where i was going with that uh let's go on to our next segment so that shit's heartwarming oh my god the happy moments or like the brief moments that we see of like Simon and Sarah happy and Sarah laughing and and dancing with her brother who she loves and um, Sarah playing the guitar. Just those moments where you could see that this was, yes, an individual with a lot of issues, but an individual who who did have some sort of happiness in her life, but the depression fucking won, dude. The depression won. Oh my god, it breaks my heart. Who she thought that she had met the love of her life, and you know, they didn't give a fuck about her. And it's like it's what pushed her over the edge. That's why I'm I always lead with kindness, you know. As I say at the end of this episode, don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be, but lead with fucking kindness. It doesn't take a lot to be kind. And just with every interaction with ha- you have with someone, you never know what they're going through. You never know if it's their last fucking day on earth or if they're contemplating to un- unalive themselves. You never know that. And maybe one 
kind word from you can do so much difference, can like impact their life for the better. So I always try to be a good person. I mean, I'm not always. I do have my my faults. Of course, like like as as, as does everyone else in this fucking world, but just remember be kind because you never know when a person needs you to be kind to them the most. I don't know if that sounded good, but who who cares? Who cares? So yeah. Um and then Sarah gifting Simon a little figurine a figurine head of himself. Like that was so cute. Like that just uh like personifies Sarah even more. Like she was this this person who was creative and you feel for her and ah I just have so much feelings Sarah deserves so much fucking better than the cards that she was dealt and I feel for that like I said before I feel for emotional characters (laughs) I mean I feel for fictional characters and I feel that y'all do too if you're listening to this fucking podcast about shows that fucked me up and shows that fucked you up (laughs) however again with the depiction of like um siblings like very loving sibling relationships and I think it's a fact that they only had each other growing up and so the same way that Simon like Pia and Nick only had each other well they had their mother but you know mm-mm. uh yeah uh Andrea Andrea is a complicated character so the same way that Pia and Nick grew up together and they felt like they only had each other fucking Simon and Sarah are a literal a literal fucking reflection of them if you really think about it um and it's like I I it's weird it's weird for me as someone who I like I, I adore my siblings of course I do but it's like we were never like that and it's just like are they bonded by trauma I think they must be where it's like they only think they have each other because of what they went through as children um which is probably true um but what else what else was heartwarming oh well i wouldn't i don't know if this is considered heartwarming but the the moment with pia and um amiri in the hotel like like you already know how i feel about this scene because y'all just heard the episode and you got in this far but I don't know. I really liked it. And it's it was like so so like oh like who's gonna who's gonna find out? And Amir's like, oh well, I'm gonna tell them. <laughs> we love a responsible um we love a responsible king. Even though yeah, like I feel like if they had hooked up uh Pia, it was in a moment of like like it wasn't the perfect time for them to hook up that's how i said that's how i feel about it like if they hook up afterwards but not in that moment when pia was fucking going through it and pia had drank a few beers like this this bitch came with two six packs and she was and amiri's like oh i don't drink and maybe she meant like oh a six pack for you and a six pack for me uh but six beers okay my alcohol tolerance is like decent. I, I if I do say so myself, but six beers in, like you're fucked up. And Pia is fucking skinny. So let's just think that Pia drank those six beers, right? While she was there talking, having a heart to heart with Amiri. And then she's like, you know, y'all know, after a couple beers, you get a little flirty flirty, if you know what I mean. Wink wink. 
Um, so it's like Amiri like set that boundary uh, as like a good fucking person, and it's also like I'm not gonna take advantage of her, and not even in like a sexual way no more. Like she is fucking going through it, and I don't think this is the right time to hook up. But he didn't want to fuck her though. He fucking oh, this man was fighting for his fucking life. He's like, think with my head, think with my head, not my penis. Think with my head, not my penis. <laughs> Yo, my laugh sounded so ugly. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> okay, but what else? Uh, oh my god. This was, this did not fall under the traumatizing segment, but I don't know if it also falls under the uh, heartwarming, but just, oh my god, of course. If my dogs don't bark in the background, did I really record a podcast? Um, but Nick revealing to Simon that his father killed himself and that's why he wouldn't encourage Sarah to kill herself because he knows what Simon is going through at that moment. I feel they just had a connection and this is this conversation is what literally like turned the switch on Simon. Like this is the conversation that persuaded him to let Nick go. And it was kind of heartwarming. Like they're they're connecting the fucking abductee and the abductor i don't know abductee is that a word dude like i i tell you i'm out here fucking creating words um but they just made a connection and it was like so powerful that he decided to let nick go because of that like the picture yes okay the picture is like okay uh but you know that doesn't change the fact that that you know yes it could have been edited and they could still have been talking like nick and sarah could could have still been talking but the fact that simon knows or nick knows how simon is feeling and now simon knows that nick's father killed himself so he knows how he's feeling and it's like you wouldn't wish that feeling on your worst fucking enemy so yes um let's see what the fuck did i write here oh my god and nick saying not to do that like telling like pleading with simon don't do this to my sister don't do this to pia she's like my best fucking friend holy shit i'm like getting sentimental about that uh but i guess that's it on my segments on the that shit's traumatizing and that shit's heartwarming segment and oh wait i forgot something on um that shit's traumatizing uh so rewind so the last thing is um pia confronting simon holy fucking shit yo and this ties with our savage of the week award uh and of course it goes to pia motherfucking brewer as it should because it takes motherfucking guts to confront the person who you think killed your brother holy shit my respect to pia she's amazing um as a fictional character and also as an actress the actress that plays pia wow chef's fucking kiss so yes savage of the uh, week award did i say year before maybe i don't care savage of the week award goes to pia brewer yes it fucking does all right final thoughts on this episode um cite your sources if you're gonna like this is just um, for anything you do in life. If you're going to look up something, make sure what you're reading or what you're looking up is true. Because Simon kidnapped the wrong person. And then because of this series of events that happened, um, Nick is dead. 
So, yeah, always cite your sources. Always make sure that you're kidnapping the right person. Because if you're not, then it's going to be an issue. It's going to, people could get hurt. People could get hurt if you're kidnapping. I mean, innocent people can get hurt if you're kidnapping the wrong person. If you know what I mean. Just kidding. Don't listen to me. Don't kidnap people. Kidnapping people is bad. Um, I don't know. Why, I, I mean, I guess I do know why people kidnap other people or abduct. That's right, because we're not children. Can those two words be used interchangeably? Is interchangeably a word? <laughs> like, are kidnap and abducted, this, like, can it be used in the same sentence? Okay, I'm not making any sense. I'm too fucking tired. So, yeah, those are my final thoughts on the episode. Uh, cite your sources. Make sure you don't kidnap uh, the wrong person because then they could die. And third thing, don't kidnap. Oh, yeah. Third and final thing. Uh, if your buddy is smoking crack, maybe, maybe you should entrust him with your kidnapping abduction ploy maybe i mean that's just a suggestion like i say like i say take everything that i say with a grain of salt i mean yeah like why would you trust daryl dude make sure make okay last 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 final thought make sure you have good friends that when you bring up the idea of kidnapping someone uh to get revenge on your sister's death they're like hey bro chill for a little bit things this think things through maybe that's not the best thing to do right now that's the type of friend that simon fucking needed not fucking daryl who i hate i fucking hate daryl so i've guessed we've gotten to the end of our episode you already know the drill follow the podcast on social media on twitter where that show fucked me up that is spelled d-a-t fucked is spelled without a u on instagram where that show effed me up f is spelled e-f-f-e-d uh, give the podcast a five-star review on both Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yes, yes, yes. Leave the podcast um, a review. Dude, if y'all leave a review, send me a fucking screenshot on the DMs and I'll give you a shout out next episode. I mean, if y'all want. If y'all fucking want. If you don't, that's cool. I mean, the reviews and the five-star ratings is just to get more more um, people to hear or learn about the podcast so i would greatly fucking appreciate it and you already know be gentle be kind and don't be an asshole unless you absolutely have to be goodbye